everyone, welcome to Sad Girls Club podcast. My name is Zuri, my pronouns are she, her, hers. My name is Gwen, and my pronouns are also she, her, hers. I feel like my voice is so annoying, but whatever. Are you kidding me, Zuri? <laughs> I feel like your voice is cute, it has character. My voice is no, annoying. It's so damn annoying. Because it's like deep, but it's also like, um, what is that thing called? Oh, that so thing deep. that like, no. The vocal fry? <laughs> yes, it's deep with vocal fry. I'm like, who the fuck sounds like that? It's me. <sighs> when I'm so editing, ugly. I'm like, bitch, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm like, damn, bitch, you sound like this. It's fine. <laughs> um, We are going to be talking about in this episode, Mizu and what's happened in the aftermath of all those purchases that were happening. Was that last year? Yes. It was 2015. So it's been two years. I thought it was that was in the fall of 2015. Oh, the fall. Yeah. 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 Um, and then we're gonna talk about Instagram food and the Bachelorette. So before all of that, we're gonna be talking. We've been listening to, reading, watching, and how the legacy of colonization has been affecting us for the past two weeks. Were you smiling when you said that? Did it sound like I was smiling? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I literally don't remember. Um, Love. that's funny. Okay. Should I go first? Gwen, don't ask. Even though <laughs> you always go first. I <laughs> Okay. So, <laughs> reading. I started reading a book solely so I would have a reading thing to say for this podcast. Because I felt so ashamed. I felt like illiterate. Even though there's nothing wrong with being illiterate. But like... I just felt like I needed to be reading a book. Like, I can't be spewing knowledge and having read nothing. So I started reading a book. It's called Skin Shows, Gothic Horror and the Technology of Monsters. I got it from, you know how, like, Duke University Press and all those other university presses have, like, 50% off sales, like, every now and again? Oh, yeah. So I got it off of one of those. It was probably, like, maybe Feb or March or something, and I just got around to reading it. It's by Jack Halberstam. Um, oh yeah, it's like a church. Yeah, I mean, I it's really like, a like women's him. studies classes fave. Oh yeah, no, literally a classic. <laughs> so I'm just really excited. Um, I mostly got it because there's a chapter in here about Silence of the Lambs, which is probably my favorite film of all time. So I'm besides like you know Cinderella story and like thirteen going on thirty. <laughs> thirteen but going on. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I'm really excited to read it. And, like, the thing about, like, reading, like, very, the kind of, like, academic works that are, like, super academic, because I like sociology in a lot of ways, because a lot of it is, like, graphs and statistics, and I'm like, okay, I can vibe with this. But then when I get to, like, the theoretical stuff, and it's, like, I have to Google every other word what something means, I'm like, this is why it takes me so long to read a book, because I can't understand three-fourths of the words in this thing but it is really good so far what I've understood um just talking about um just I I mean I'm just in the introduction now I shouldn't get ahead of myself but just thinking about like monstrosity um specifically in like gothic horror like they're talking about Dracula like um they brought up Silence of the Lambs already um but just like they're just Frankenstein you know like just introducing certain monsters and kind of how In addition to race and other physical characteristics, of course, how like queerness plays into it and sexuality and gender as a whole. And that's like my favorite topic. So I'm really excited to 
dive more deeply into it. I will probably skip into the chapters that I want to read about because, like, I haven't read Frankenstein since about ninth grade, but I feel like it could be cute. Um, I've been listening to the American soundtrack, which is nothing new to people because I've pretty much mentioned it before, but it's a really good soundtrack. I think that one and the Scandal soundtrack are, like, some of the best soundtracks to be on TV ever, so... Definitely listen to both those. Obviously, watch the shows, too, because I stand both those shows, but the soundtracks are really good. Um, watching, so I've just been re-watching Ugly Betty. It's obviously a classic. Never a Yeah. Um, but, like, it's so interesting because the first, I've only seen it once before, and I think we we're already doing Sad Girls when I was watching it for the first time. And, like, when you're watching a show for the first time and binging through it, I feel like you don't really get to criticize it that much like you don't your eye isn't like open (laughs) to everything because you're just like watching like the drama unfold but like and now I just started season two in my rewatch and like the quality went down a lot from season one to season two because the comedy is just different it's not like so much cute little embedded jokes and now it's like Betty hurting herself and that's like the funny um bit or whatever but I'm just like what the hell like I want like I want better for Betty like I don't want her to be like embarrassing herself like there was one scene at the beginning of season two when like she's trying to reach for like a croissant or something like at a meeting and she like accidentally like falls and like the entire like food breakfast preparation like tumbles and everyone's like oh my god like lol Betty she's so ugly and clumsy ew and I'm just like season one Betty like she wouldn't do that I don't even think she would do that in the pilot like there's just no like that makes no sense so I'm interested to see where the how it changes from season to season because I do remember like obviously the beginning of the show was much better than the end of the show um and now I'm remembering why like every guy she dates sucks wait this is your second time watching it Wow. I literally watch it, like, every year. (laughs) (laughs) But do you feel that, like, the quality of the show, like, from season one to season two, it's so drastically, like, lower? I don't, I don't even know. I feel like I watched it when it was on TV, too. So I feel like you like it more. Maybe. I don't, I'm just like, this is bad. (laughs) Yes, I've been watching Betty Love. And so Legacy of Call, there's just been so much... Um, it's that time of year when my mom's gone. So like I'm thinking about that. And then I went to go see a Mexico exhibit that they had at the Dallas Museum of Art yesterday. And that was interesting. Um, but then today something happened and I was like, OK, I have to talk about this. So <laughs> <laughs> but it's about colleges and I feel like that's all I talk about. All I talk about is colleges and my mom. But like. <laughs> Those are the only things I care about. So I was at work and like we had a student come in on Friday. Like she was like dropped from her classes because she hadn't paid for her. Like we have summer one sessions and summer two sessions. So she hadn't paid for her summer two sessions. Um, So they dropped her for her. They dropped her for all her summer two sessions plus the summer one that she was taking. And it was the last day of class for summer one on Friday. So she's like, I have a final due. Like, I don't know what to do. Like they just dropped me from all my classes. Please help. So um, we found out that it was a financial aid issue. Financial aid was like, yeah, like you're totally covered. And she was because she had like the awarded amount, but they didn't apply it to her balance. So 
whatever it was like a frenzy on Friday no one was here because everyone's on vacation too so literally like me plus someone else is running the office I'm relatively new and like the other person that I'm with well I'm not new but like (laughs) (laughs) I don't I feel like I still like don't know everyone that I need to talk to if Mm -hmm. I need something like fixed immediately like that kind of new and then the other person that I have in my office, like, she's been there for a long time, but she's the same position as me. So, like, when it comes to, like, being able to, like, sign off on things and give authority to certain, like, definitive answers, we can't give those because we're literally staff. So we had no one to turn to on Friday. And then Monday comes around and she comes back and she's like, we finally heard, like, because in order to get back into the course, you have to, like, get all these signatures from the instructor, from the dean, from, like, financial aid, like, all these different places you have to go through. So we finally heard back from the instructor. Um, our dean was here, so she was like, okay, like, just have her go to financial aid, whatever, do her stuff. So then she comes back. She goes to financial aid. Financial aid's like, nope, you have to certify that you were attending class. And she's like, okay. So she comes back to us. We can't get a hold of the instructor. Like, we're just, like, trying to find a way to fix this for her. We print out, like, a record of her, like, turning in her assignments. Financial aid's like, nope. So then, like, she's basically just running, like, long story short, she's running back and forth. Um, Like, the dean that we do have is, like, untrusting of her and this is not the first time that this has happened and also like just to paint a picture like of the student I was immediately obsessed with her she was a mom of cull with an accent so I was like already she's my favorite you're like you're completely trustworthy yeah exactly (laughs) I'm like why would I not trust you well I don't know if she was a mom but she reminded me of my mom so I was like Every mom of color, like, it doesn't matter what their race is. They remind me of my mom. I'm like, (laughs) I love you. Especially if they have an accent. If they have an accent, I'm like, I love you. Um, They're like, yeah, I don't even think she's telling the truth. Like, I was just like, why are you guys so quick to write her off? Like, these, like, different divisions and, like, offices, like, don't even do their work half the time. Like, and I know because, like, sometimes we slack off. So I know that, like, y'all can't just, like, be having 100% faith in the other employees because they suck. Like, finally, the issue got resolved after, like, we've worked on it for half of Friday and all of today. Literally, the issue got resolved at, like, 4 p.m. So she, like, missed work Friday. She was like, my boss was really mad at me. Like, we missed work. Um, She missed work today. A lot of times, like, students community colleges are part-time so like they're working full-time in addition to going to school and especially if they're taking online courses like they don't ever come up to the college if they don't have to so when people have to come up to the college and like be running around all over the place it's hot as hell it's like a hundred degrees outside it's texas like it's just not a cute scenario um so like she finally got everything done and then it was like 4 p.m and she comes back into the office and I'm like no did something else happen and she's like no no I just wanted to like thank y'all for like your help blah blah and this is like a self-congratulatory more moment because I was like I love this moment but like she was like she started crying so I started crying obviously um but she was like thank y'all so much for your help I was like oh my god like thank you because I literally was about to die and I'm like wait like I actually do love students like (laughs) this is fully cute but yeah I guess it just to me it just boiled down to the fact that like a lot of these administrators and like a lot of the professors, especially the ones that are white, which is a vast majority of them in a community college that's mostly of color, like that shouldn't be the case. 
But like the fact that they just like don't trust their students, they assume. And the issue essentially stemmed from the fact that financial aid didn't do what they were supposed to do. And that in order to receive financial aid, you have to like certify in the course. And it was an online course. So what you have to do to that is like take like an online certification assignment that's due like generally the second or third day of class. So she didn't know to do that because it was her first online course. So she was screwed in the end. Well, we eventually were able to like work it all out. Um, But like all the administrators were like, why didn't she know that? And it's like, no one tells you that. Why do you expect students to just know that without telling anyone that? There was like no way like that people could just like magically know this and like assume that like she literally was in that class for the entire time. And then the last day of class, they dropped her. It's like that. I don't know. I'm just like, that's so frustrating. And they like get mad when the students are frustrated. And I'm like, you guys can't get upset because it is a frustrating process. Like there's just no map for students. Like there's nothing to tell them like, this is what you have to do. Like, and if something goes wrong, like here are some steps to help you. So I just felt like so bad. Um, I'm happy that like it was finally resolved, but it was so much work and probably so much like, just emotional lab definitely for her like a whirlwind of emotions and I'm just like oh, I don't know that really got to me this morning or this afternoon <laughs> <laughs> yeah that sounds insane yeah um okay I I feel like I haven't been listening to like anything new I realize that on Spotify they have a playlist called release radar which is like I guess just because it knows, like, who you all listen to and, like, who you put on your playlist. So it knows your fave. So it just has, like, all the the new singles from, like, all the bands that I like. That clearly when I listen to, like, only one album for four months, like, I miss all of these. (laughs) So, like, that was cute to notice. I was, like, kind of listening to Calvin Harris because I saw, like, a (gasps) Oh, yeah. Everyone's, like, that album slams. And I'm, like, Yeah, uh, no, it's pretty good. I've only heard it, like, three times. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like everything that I listen to is like the same shit that I always say. Um, what have I been reading? So last week I finished reading Sachi Cole's book, One One Day We'll All Be Dead and None of This Will Matter. Um, I feel like it's like really cute. I would definitely recommend it. I feel like I don't really read, well, it's not a feeling. I definitely don't <laughs> really read, um, Asian authors as much as I probably should. Um, and so, like I said, it's like, it's a book of personal essays. So there's stuff about like rape culture, surveillance, being a woman online. There's something about like body hair, colorism, a lot about like family relationships, like romantic relationships and India. Cause she's Indian Canadian. It was like, it was a good one. Um, and then last week I also read Janet Mock's memoir, which is called Surpassing Certain Certainty. And the subtitle for that is um What My Twenties Taught Me. Wow. Um, I'm pretty sure that I read her last memoir or her first memoir, um, like while we were recording this podcast. I don't know if it was last year or the year before, but it's um Redefining Realness. It's one of my favorite memoirs ever. It's just so good. And that one is about like her um her transition, her like growing up her in high school. Um, and so this one is about, um, you know, college, her first, like, romantic relationships. Wait, I'm so obsessed. Yeah, it's so good. So I saw her on her book tour, and I'm, like, really shy. Like, I've 
you know, I, I'm a lifetime English major, so I've met, like, many of my favorite authors and, like, gone to book signings a lot, but, like, I never know what to say besides, like, hi. So the whole time, just, like, what am I going to say to her? Like, I love Redefining Realness. Like, I want to tell her, like, I love that book and I'm excited to read this one. And then, like, as soon as I get there, she's like, you're so beautiful. I was literally, like, I feel like I gasped and I, like, didn't say anything. So, like, as she's signing a book, she looks up. She's like, what? <laughs> I'm like thank you for like saying I'm beautiful like I was it was like a moment of like I'm not worthy because she also like looked so cute she was wearing like a red jumpsuit she looked amazing and I was like she was like your red lipsticks pop in your skin is glowing she just kept on complimenting (laughs) me and I was just like completely shook because I was like how dare you compliment me who's like nothing and you are amazing and also look so good at this current moment um, so yeah, I don't think I said anything to her, but we did take a cute pic, and <laughs> <laughs> the book, I loved it so much. I mean, I just stand for Janet Mock. I mean, she's a, if people, like, don't know about her, she is, she's a writer, like, primarily, and she hosts a new podcast, and she's a trans woman, she's from Hawaii, and I just feel like her story, I mean, like, obviously, trans women of color, like, anything that they do, like, we should be standing up and cheering for them, because the life expectancy is so short and you know you always hear about so many trans women of color being murdered every single year like it is really an epidemic so just for her to come from where she comes from being a sex worker and all the things that she's accomplished like it's so amazing to read about and to you know hear her and see her speak so I definitely would recommend both of her memoirs to everyone um and then am I reading anything else so I just finished those two last week oh yeah that's Oh, no, watching. Um, I don't think that I've watched anything new besides, like, everything that I watch. Although people are telling me that Claws is a good show. Oh, I have heard. Yeah, my mom's obsessed with it, and so is my, <gasps> my aunt. And I, I saw love Stephen that your mom's King tweeted with about it. it, so I was like, okay. The thing is, like, I love Karuchi. She's so cute, so I was like, oh, like, if people are talking about this show, like, I'll watch it. But I didn't really see, you know, mm-hmm. people talking about it. But it, my mom is obsessed. She says it's like The Sopranos, which I haven't seen. But like, I love that comparison. <laughs> oh, my God. I clearly didn't watch that. Um, <laughs> But, yeah. I don't think that I watched, like, anything new. Oh, wait. Oh, my God. How could I forget? Big Brother. My summer obsession. I didn't write notes this week, so it'll be lots of how could I forget. probably. That was the first. Um, you know, my favorite summer reality show, Big Brother. I've been watching since I was a full child. I think this is season 19. Um, it's wow. just like a reality, like, competition show. Like, people vote each other out, win challenges and whatever. But the thing about it is that they're, like, under 24-hour surveillance. Like, everyone's mic'd. Everyone has a camera on them. Basically in the Panopticon. I was, like, reading about it and also, like, Big Brother, the book, and it was, like, George Orwell or his estate or whatever sued them for taking the name, and I was, like, (gasps) they made you relevant. Like, that's the only reason I want to read Big Brother is because of the show. Yeah, so I'm watching that, which comes on three times a week, which is my favorite excuse to not ever make any plans. (laughs) Um, and then how the legacy of colonization has been affecting me this week. So I feel like I have been feeling this for maybe just since college. Recently in my job, like someone is like, he said, um, when I first met you, I thought you hated me, 
which I don't like I really feel like I'm repressing like a lot of high school so I don't remember if anyone ever said that to me but like some people were saying that to me in college like mostly white people mm-hmm. or like mixed people with a white mom like I don't <laughs> think a black person has ever said to me like that sort of thing or people will be like you're intimidating yeah. and like stuff like that I just like I don't know like sometimes it's funny because like I feel powerful mm-hmm. but the more that you think about like the racial implications of that it's like you're all racist it's like if anyone has seen me in real life like yeah I like (laughs) won't smile at everyone at first but like I'm very short like I'm thin like I'm not if I'm smiling like I don't look threatening I also I don't know how like you could be intimidated by a girl who's 5'3 and like couldn't do anything except for verbally abuse you but um some like (laughs) like if I was a blonde blue-eyed girl who was 5'3 sitting at the desk no one would be like you intimidate me especially full adults and people have been like oh like I thought you hated me at first it's like clearly when you first meet a person like you have to feel them out I know that there are some people who just like instantly are obsessed with you and like all that Mm -hmm. but I'm not gonna do that like everyone I have to feel you out and like make sure that you are a cool person especially if you're a white person it's like I'm not just gonna be obsessed with you off bat yeah but to literally hate someone it's like I don't that's a lot of emotional labor that I would have to do to hate a person who I literally just met it's like now I hate you for saying that (laughs) but I'm like very tired of people saying it's like what I said to him when he said that I was like that's really presumptuous of you to assume that I cared that much like at our first meeting to already fully hate you it's like it would need to take a little longer than that (laughs) but that's what I've been thinking about this past week and also so many people were saying that to me in college as like you're all pussies mm-hmm. but it's fine so that's who we are that's what we've been thinking about and let's get into it yes so the first thing this came out in the new york times on july 9th so oh yesterday okay who puts out news on sundays doesn't the new york times i guess it's every day well they also isn't their sunday paper like sunday crossword like, i guess that that's a thing, thing but i i mostly read online so yeah it, i and mean like i obviously only read like during the business week like i'm not reading think pieces on the weekend i'm watching svu marathons <laughs> so that seemed weird to me but i i understand that it makes sense um this is called long after protests students shun the university of missouri Oh my god, it's by someone named Anemona, Anemona Hartokolos. Okay. Um, I know that we talked about Mizzou whenever it was happening right. on our podcast a few years ago. But for a refresher, you know, there was a couple like racist things that happened on the campus. I think like racist graffiti, like someone had, I think the student union president or someone had like racist Mm -hmm. slurs yelled at them um and that sort of thing that happens on all predominantly white campuses and you know the students were doing a lot of protests someone went on a hunger strike the football team which was obviously mostly black kids was like we're not gonna play this next game unless the president resigns and that was what really propelled the president to resign the chancellor to resign you know everyone to say fine we're gonna do what you say and so now Mm -hmm. um in 2017 you know when people are applying to this college the uh let me see what the word i'm looking for is enrollment (laughs) has gone down um 35 percent so that's like a summary the thing is like let me what this article called long after protest i just feel like just off bat like 
the framing of this is skewed. Yeah. <laughs> it's like long after protests. It should be like long after racism occurred on this campus. Right. Or like, oh, like enrollment is down because of protests. And it's like enrollment is down because like racism just happens there without yeah. consequence. Like that's where we need to start. But whatever. I mean, when we were first hearing about Mizu um in fall 2015 like I know that we were really excited we were of (laughs) course like for the students I mean any any sort of student activism like that is actually successful I'm just like feel proud about Mm -hmm. especially thinking about how it's so hard for students like it's traumatic for students it waste their time (laughs) it's not what they came to college for so just to know that you know this is the kind of thing that they have to do on their campuses for them to have a successful result you know we stand for that and especially the way that the like football team got involved like I don't care about sports at all but like I know that so many sports are on campuses and like professional I guess sports like are filled with people of color and like of course thinking of that Colin Kaepernick church Mm -hmm. like whenever they do some kind of activism they are shunned and it's like if they actually use the strength in their numbers like they can do shit like this because I think that for the school to forfeit the football game would have cost like a million dollars and like that's so much power that these students have yeah like that's crazy of course we didn't have sports it's like the quidditch team (laughs) it's like we'll We'll actually pay you if they forfeit like ultimate frisbee is forfeiting the game the school would be like waka flaka okay (laughs) (laughs) oh my god (laughs) Um, yeah, no, that was huge. And that was probably like, I mean, I think for the most part, why leadership stepped down because they were losing so much money. Right. Like if it was just a hunger strike, they'd be like, okay, bitch. It's die. like, sign it then, <laughs> LMFAO. Like my favorite Because <laughs> <laughs> um, like for all the other campuses, like, because this was during a time, I mean, this kind of sparked um protests on college campuses nationwide and like mm-hmm. at a lot of other schools they didn't really get anything or they got like a minimal amount of what they asked for but i think this one i think for a university system president and the chancellor to resign that's like right. that was huge and what i think because the issue with this article is that they you're right like they do focus so much on like the protests being the ones that like offset everything and this is what created like an imbalance in the school and this is why people aren't enrolling rather than the fact that like no this place was really racist they weren't doing anything about it's it it's like you realize that if no one yelled a racial slur at the student union president yeah. <laughs> like this wouldn't exactly. happen <laughs> um but what i was reading was that uh i mean this isn't shocking but like black enrollment dropped by 42 percent so black students used to make up 10 percent of the mizzou population now they only make up six percent but the white student enrollment only dropped 21 percent yeah because like white students literally don't care yeah they literally don't give a fuck there was one white student who like he had a few quotes which i thought were so funny he's like i don't want to go to mizzou because i don't want to be stereotyped as a bigot it's like, okay. what would you have done to make yourself stereotype as a big Right. <laughs> like, that is just a weird place to be. He's like, I know it's hard for, like, actual students of color, but I'm white, so they're going to yeah. call me a bigot. 
Yeah. It's like, mm, when you're going with that kind of attitude, it's like, so you were planning on yelling a racial slur at the right. student union president of color right. because if you don't do bigoted things, like, people will not yeah. call you a bigot. 100%. It's like that whole thing of, like, people being like, oh, like, you have to walk on eggshells now. Like, right. you can't even say whatever you want to say. Like, I, I'm afraid I might offend someone. It's like, uh why are you saying offensive things in the first place right it's like then shut your mouth yeah <laughs> if you're so afraid then don't speak yeah <laughs> like what um no also that's... it's like making it all about you like right students were experiencing racial violence so right even if someone did call you a bigot that's not violence like yeah. you'll live What's like if name? the football players Tyler. hadn't stepped in that graduate student might have died of starvation Seriously. and you're over here being like what if someone thinks I'm a bigot if I went to Mizzou? Exactly. What? Like, those worries, those are awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. But then there was once um, going down in the article where, did I make this up or was someone like, um, Mizzou showed a complete lack of leadership. That's why I don't want my kids to go there. Right, yeah. There was like a letter from a parent. That was like yes okay yeah yeah like, racism happened but you can't just let like protest culture run amok and everything yes. and it's like you know that was a white parent it's right. like you're exactly. concerned about the wrong thing and so mm-hmm. yeah here it is as the parents of a junior it says they didn't underestimate the extent of the bigotry but the way to affect change is not resorting to the type of mob rule that's become apparent over the past few days it's like when you're throwing out things about mobs when it's like a group of 17 eight not 17 but like 18 to 22 year olds like you can chill like what the fuck absolutely but this is why another reason why this why did this article include that like, no one cares. It's like, maybe, yeah, sure, that could be a reason why 1% of the white population dropped. But, like, no, actually, probably the white population probably dropped because of this reason. Or else they would still be going there. It's like, I wish that this could continue to happen at more schools because, like, the effects of this was so bad. Like, obviously, they lost a lot of enrollment. They're like, well, they had to fire 400 people, which Yeah, I did sucks. see that, which that is really terrible yeah that's... where does it say the numbers because i feel like it says at the beginning right yeah that's what i thought but i rolled up and i didn't see it i uh, know oh it... okay i found it it like mm-hmm. budget cuts due to lost tuition and decline in state funding the university is temporarily closing seven dormitories and cutting more than mm-hmm. 400 position positions including those of some non-tenured faculty members through layoffs and by leaving open jobs unfilled and the library's begging for books. And one of the books they wanted was like five thousand dollars. Yeah. It's like it's like you're maybe not getting that. Don't. Yeah. Just literally go on Amazon. Shoot for some of those three ninety nine like Amazon books. Like you Seriously. really can't be asking for complete and truly outstanding works by Homer when your school's enrollment is down so much. Like <laughs> What? It's like you can just dead that request. Like get some copies from Amazon. Right. And, and also if you want to be like celebrate diversity, why are you getting Homer? Really? It's like get some Tony Morrison, some Joan Diaz, Sandra Cisneros, like what are you doing? $5,000 yes. copy. <laughs> That's just hilarious. It's like how dare you ask for that? <laughs> like who do you think you are? And then it says it's like but renting outdoor like rooms. Renting. Yes. <laughs> it's just so funny that they have to go through those lanes it's like the only thing that's sad is that like 400 people like don't have jobs yeah like they didn't ask Mm -hmm. for that but it's like 
these students had so much power and I'm obsessed with the fact that this whole like snowball effect has happened and the school's getting fucked over because they didn't do anything about the racism that happened on these campuses and just like right I mean we went to a predominantly white campus no one was uh trying swats to cousin feces on the walls like that is very next level but of course like there is like all kinds of racism microaggressions and whatever that happened and just I mean we were definitely always like doing protests doing demonstrations doing whatever on Facebook and just trying to have change happen on our campus so I just feel like this is like a successful thing but then it's also like I know that it said they were they got like a diversity officer like they're gonna double the percentage of minority faculty members i did see that but it's like you just had to fire so many people like with what funds right that's true. are you gonna do that <laughs> and also like unless training. you like hire from now on only faculty of call how are you gonna i don't know it's like you have I to just feel do like more like, work than that because yeah. have a game plan it's like Minimum. if the enrollment of color is already dropping down like this, it's like kids aren't going to be checking for this school. They're not going to be like, oh, like, did they double the minority faculty? It's like you have to also yeah. ensure that the campus is, like, safe for them. And, like, a lot right. of this, like, of course I wanted more faculty of color, but, like, the students were racist. <laughs> it's like, what yeah. are you going to do about that? Yeah. That's so true. Oh, they have but diversity the training the- for incoming students. <laughs> That's what they're going to do. Okay. Interesting. Yes. But also for the diversity training aspect for faculty and staff, I feel like, because like at my job, you have to do, um, we do have to do a little bit of diversity training, but it's mostly like class training and like sexual harassment and like Title IX stuff. And like everyone thinks of it as a joke, including like the deans. They're like, oh, I have to do Title Nine, like, lol, like I shouldn't be a bad person, yes. like a bad guy, blah blah blah. And it's like you assuming that you're above this already tells me that you're below it, you know? Right. It's like they don't want to do the work, and that's why this happens. Right. Exactly. And it's like, and I know, like, eighteen-year-olds are going to be even worse, especially if they're white. They're already going to come in being like, if like protests had, like, I can just imagine, like the minds of like the racists coming in just being like ready to fight any protest that happens like ready to defend their racism and like whatever else they decide to bring with them and I don't like obviously diversity training is necessary but I just feel like they have to start having zero tolerance policies for like racism and I know that like for faculty like they'll probably protect them more than students but like they still protect students from a lot especially if they're privileged yeah and then they're gonna be like it's pc culture ruining america right and that's what i see all the time i see professors getting fired i for literally tweeting black lives matter saying it like at a nbc or something like Mm. just like literally the dumbest things to where like it's literally just a fact and they're getting like repercussions or they're getting reprimanded for literally just living their lives and seeing Oh, facts. yeah. I've seen that with two professors who have been, like, attacked by, like, Fox and, like, everything because yeah. of whatever sort of mm-hmm. anti 
racist activism that they do and then it's all these whites who are like omg i can't be racist like i'm being censored and it's like no you're literally on fox telling us that you're being censored while actual black professors are like canceling their tours because of these things but that's like been the whole free speech thing that's why i just can never engage yeah and then the worst part is i feel like a lot of universities just succumb to like whatever those um free speech terrorizers say and it's like so you don't actually want your campuses to be safe for students of color which we already knew but like here's another way but also like did you see that journalism prof was like these protests could have been turned into an asset um let me sorry i accidentally scrolled up um these protests could have been turned into an asset chance to celebrate diversity we still can he said Hmm. we'll see (laughs) yeah but i don't know I yeah I just feel like with articles like this the optics of the situation I don't think you're giving too much truth to what like the students who were protesting were saying like you're just feeling bad for like the school losing money right that's why I hated this framing that like it's a protest that did this it's like if we're gonna talk about it in that way then the conversation's already like been decided that we are feeling sympathy for the school and the students are just like mm-hmm. annoying brats right it's like that's not the narrative that i'm gonna believe so <laughs> right. i don't know how we're gonna be able to talk about this if that's how they're coming at it definitely but we will see because it's been two years so we'll mm-hmm. see what they do they have to do a lot of work and i'm like are y'all doing it? I don't know. Right. So the next thing we want to talk about, this is a big chump. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> to Instagram food influencers. Yes. Um, but of course, we'll talk about the legacy of colonization, racism, sexism, as always. This is from um, an essay in Eater by Amanda Mall, and it's called Instagram Food is a Sad Sparkly Lie. And of course, I'll put it in their reading list. Mm -hmm. This was um, published last week. So she is talking about, you know, being an Instagram influencer, specifically the like, not even necessarily like food instas, because I feel like there's so many just like popular Insta girls who just are like doing their soul cycle, going to like Mm -hmm. the farmer's market, like instaing the like humongous, like foot long burger that they're eating. But, of course, there's, like, people who just, like, straight up only foodie and stuff. Yeah. Um, and so, Amanda Mall, the rules that she says for being an Instagram influencer, first, be famous or at least related to someone famous. And if you can't be famous, at least have the decency to be rich. Second, um, be young, female, and conventionally attractive. And third, you got to go on vacation. Oh, and fourth. Yes. <laughs> You are obligated at some point to post pictures of food. I definitely think that being rich is the key to this because everything is wealth. Like the food, the soul cycle, Mm -hmm. whatever, the outfits. Like if you're not rich, that's just not something that you're able to have. But then also when she says um, 
young female and conventionally attractive and I think in there is like being thin and I don't know why she didn't just outright say that I mean I'm sure later in the essay she talks about this but like Mm -hmm. that's also such a main thing like of course there's like fat girls on insta who have like a ton of followers and who are influencers and who are amazing but I think in the instagram food world like that's not gonna happen not well, I think if you're just like a socialite, which I feel like these are the types of Instagram influencers she's talking about, just essentially the Insta socialites, that's not really who we see. Like we see like, I feel like when it comes to like fatter women, um, they're generally like body posy models or they're right, like yeah. maybe like a makeup artist or like they model clothes or something. But like they're not like, they're not going to be out here like going on runs and like I mean, not that they may not do that, but, like, that's the people who I think that the article is talking about are, like, those, like, obviously thin. Not always white, because I do see, like, a large spectrum of people. Um, But, like, you know, just, like, I don't know. Like, there's a typical, like, look to them, I feel, for sure. Right. I feel like being, like, young and female is just, like, that's an influ- Instagram influencer that's just a typical (laughs) but then yeah being thin I feel like is definitely also a requirement for the food insta because like thin privilege or whatever like body posy kind of thing you want to talk about like that just is so apparent when it's like a tiny girl like eating a lot or insting a lot like all this food and it's like usually like sometimes it's like nice like meals but it's also like a lot of like junk food like pizza and ice cream and like candy and like all that stuff I don't I couldn't like name any Instagram food influencers but in the essay she like links to something that interviews like six of the girls who do this because there's a question of like do y'all actually eat all that food and Mm -hmm. every single one of them is like yeah I eat all of it or like I eat most of it I just go to the gym seven times a week and it's like what yeah I remember there was an Instagram back in the day it was called like did you actually eat that or something and it was like on this very topic of whether or not these like super skinny models like actually or whatever just influencers actually ate all the food that they did and I remember like they retaliated they were like really upset by it they're like yeah and they said like essentially the same thing it's like I just work out like a ton and it's like that sounds fake it's like are they getting paid from these instas because is it worth it I guess they have like ads but how much can you I literally get paid are getting paid. from a flat tummy tea ad yeah all these have like hundreds of thousands of likes I mean followers and it's just like cookies ice cream pizza hamburgers donuts okay I'm reading this article on, I don't know, Quora. I don't know how to pronounce this site. Q-U-O-R-A. But it's like, an Instagram user with about 200,000 followers can make anywhere between $5,000 and $7,500 per month, which is a lot of money. Yeah. Goals? That's crazy. But how do they make it? I don't don't get it. I think just like endorsements because I think that they must get like a lot of food for free or not food, but necessarily, but like clothing, like that type of stuff for free. And I'm sure that they're being um, compensated in terms of like getting gigs from like being an Instagram 
influencer, you know? Oh, yeah. It's like, if you're an Instagram model, like, I can understand. But then for a food Instagram, I'm like... But I feel like they're not necessarily food. They're everything. Because, like, she does talk about it being lifestyle. But it's like, the food is... I feel like an interesting part of it because it's like you wouldn't the food is what makes it almost like unattainable to a lot of people because not everyone has not everyone can have the same relationship to food from like the lens that people are on Insta if that makes sense. Well, yeah, I definitely know there's just, like, the general influencers, but I'm looking at the thing in in style. It says, Instagram is making me gain weight, and these famous foodstagrammers agree, and so I've just been looking at some of these, like, Hungry Girls, NYC Dining, Hungry Batches, and it's literally only food that they post, and they all have, like, over 100,000 followers, so, like, I definitely don't follow them, and this does not come in my explore, but, like, it's literally only food. Pancakes, pizza, oysters. Yeah. Oh, here's a salad. Spaghetti. It's, like, every single pick is food. They all have... Okay, this person has 169, 100,000 followers, and they're only getting, like, a 1,000 likes. Yikes. It's, like, you clearly bought those. <laughs> you should be getting, like, 50,000. We have 169,000 followers. so one of the other things that um the author talks about is performance performance of the food instagrammer um like basically especially when it's something they're like it's a really exclusive thing it's she says that it says you went to the place you got the thing you're the kind of person who lives that life and i feel like she talks about like waiting in line for something waiting mm-hmm. i always see chitches like standing in line outside of restaurants i'm like is it really this serious like for an ice cream cone but i guess if you're food insta you know these are the things you have to do Wait, i'm trying to get back to the article and that's why you know people are even questioning like did you actually eat that because it's like taking a picture of it and hashtagging it and putting it on your insta to get your a thousand likes like that is the performance and that's what's important and that's the end game is to like get likes get endorsements get whatever it's like it's not really about the food at all right definitely not and so when you think about it like that becomes a question of like who's able to participate in this performance pretty much only skinny girls because if it's a fat girl the comments are completely different it's like how are you eating that you're gonna get diabetes oh your health you're disgusting to look at whatever whatever and it's like clearly we don't actually care about people's health we just care about like looking at people who are attractive to us because it's not like as for a skinny girl to eat all these foods that i'm listing on these instas like If we cared about her health, (laughs) we would say something to her too, but that's not happening. Right. Yeah. Because I think in order for the Instagram influencer to reach her final form, like she does need to like, as like the author says, live a life that's like, you're the kind of person who lives this life that they curate. And it's like you're eating like unattainable food you're eating food that like looks good is probably like really bad I mean not always bad for you but like is just like the kind of food that most of us don't eat on our day-to-day lives um who's rich enough to be like going on all these fancy vacays wearing like nice designer clothing 
um wearing like clothing from like up and comers um right yeah and in order to like you need to be present in those locations i think so it's not even just like taking pictures of the food but like i think that they mentioned in an article like having like your hand and like your wrist propping up like an ice cream cone or something and like obviously like if you're a skinny like you'll see that visually in like the picture itself i don't even know what i'm trying to say Oh my god, like, like, these are so strange. What? I'm, like, looking at another Instafoo. It's <laughs> at no leftovers. She has 300,000 300, followers. She's in Italy, though. So, like, that's exciting. But, yeah, there's exactly what you're talking about. Like, a pic of her holding up an ice cream cone. Yes. Uh, it's actually a boomerang. There's the macaroni, a little caprese bacon drinking wine it's like no one's instagramming their kale and quinoa grain bowl it's all the food that like you actually can't eat like this so she says that instagram food has nothing to do with consumption as a gastronomic endeavor words that i casually use often um Mm -hmm. confuming instagram food means acquiring it and sharing proof of your acquisition so that's exactly what going on with the like you're the kind of person who can do this and Mm -hmm. it's like i mean the pictures are pretty like but i just like i haven't even seen like these are just straight up everything is a food and sometimes there's like a picture of them eating the food and this judge six thousand likes on literal it's like an egg (laughs) (laughs) you know how i feel about eggs on toast yeah i'm bored um right but i like that she also mentions in the article right after the proof of the accusation acquisition quote this flattens it out from a sensory experience into an aesthetic one for the hungry audiences of the thin conventionally attractive women whose hundreds of thousands of followers net them hefty checks whatever's being photographed is rendered calorie neutral it's a visual only binge so yeah and even in the article she talks about like some food event where they invited hella insta blogger insta foodies and they were like Mm -hmm. we throw out all this food when it's over like they come and they instagram and they leave so So it's like this is making me hungry i know (laughs) but like like, literally i'm talking shit but i want this job But, like, I, like, I don't know where this quote is in the, just following up with another quote from the article, um, I like that she says the simple self-evidence of the poster's thinness, like, all of this being, like, a reification of that, Mm -hmm. which I think is obviously true or else they wouldn't be able to post this, as we've mentioned. Yeah, I feel like that's, like, actually the most important thing. Yeah, definitely. It's, like, these kitchens could all be poor, (laughs) but as long as they are thin and conventionally attractive right this is fully the mood it's like i'm those things i'm gonna be a insta food grammar even though i have denounced it in this app i want to make five thousand dollars by instagramming eggs on toast oh my god we definitely have to talk about all the different ways to be insta honeys after we read some good literature because that is a crazy I want to be an Insta honey, but, like, I don't know how to do it. I just want that to happen. I want it to be me, but it's, like, (laughs) let's move on. Oh, my God. So, our last topic is about 
the bachelorette yes um i think i yeah talked a little bit about watching this season for the very first time have you ever seen any seasons of the show i don't know why i think i've seen are. like episodes here and there but like never just watched a full season yeah it's like when it's always a white person falling in love with a white person for 20 seasons Mm, that never it's like i've seen disney attention. films i don't need to watch this too right exactly hell no but um yeah i did watch this season so which with the first black bachelorette so of course there is lots of discourse about that mm-hmm. did you watch any of it i watched the almost the full first ep of season 13 um bachelorette yeah i mean it's got it's to the point where i don't know anyone's names because or i can't match names to faces because is that this season yeah because there's still too many <laughs> i didn't know pitches. the number i think there's 31 yeah. no it starts with. off with like 30 yeah, yeah. So I'm like uh what the fuck but what are your thoughts i mean like she's cute she's obviously from dallas texas so <laughs> I already stan. And there's another Dallas, Texas man in there, and I stan him too. But I actually, he was white, so I don't know if I stan him. I actually hate white Dallas yeah, people. Yeah, I don't remember who you're talking about. Yeah, I I feel like he was, like, irrelevant. But I do remember him saying Dallas, and I was like, oh, like, he thinks that they're going to bond over that. We'll see what happens. Um, I'm trying to think of the memorable ones. There was – I for Josiah, was that the one – with his brother. Oh, yeah. Um, that was sad. I obviously teared up. Um, and then... He's so damn annoying. Yeah. Well, he's just... I don't... I feel like he was one of the ones that was like, oh, my wife. Like, has anyone seen my wife? Right. I'm like, uh, it's minute 24. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> and <laughs> then who else did that? There was, like, the Colombian that was, like, so, like, already, like kissing her at minute 40 disgusting i was literally reading the comments of something and they were like he wins i was like this better not be a real spoiler because he's a no yeah but i feel like she liked him i'm trying to think of like who she was most in because some of those people like who's who's the annoying one that like keeps screaming like him i was just completely over oh yeah i'm like that if was, like, i was like that's just a full no who else did i hate i don't know i feel like most of them were bland i hated marching band i was like you're too much i hated tickling like that's just a full no yeah, like tickle me and die like, you don't, like, tickling? That's, like, the worst thing you could do to a person. That's just, ugh. That's, like, actually colonial violence. Like, I can't. Like, that's so bad. Um. So, yeah, I got a little bit acquainted with the guys. Like, I do like Rachel. Um. I did see her little sit down with some of the other people on last season of The Bachelor. And I was like, low-key, they're She's all She's like, trash. these are my girls. It's like. No, yeah. those are not your friends. Right. It's like you're fully in competition with them. Some of them didn't even have like blended foundation. I'm like, they're <laughs> supposed to be like eligible bachelorettes. I guess they're white. I'm like looking up the thing, looking up the cast so you can see who the Dallas was. Oh, yes. Well, I didn't even see like Lee, who was supposed to be the racist. I don't even think I caught him. <laughs> but all of them like blended in in my mind oh fully yeah well i feel like she limited to like 10 people on the first up okay. but um yeah there's only like six chitches left at this point 
I know it comes on today, so. Oh, he's a full no. Catch up. Who? Lee. Yeah, well, apparently after he was on, like, it was coming out that he had tweeted, like, about, like, Black Lives Matter and NAACP, like, had tweeted, like, racist things. And it's like, you can fully get that vibe from him. Absolutely. So one of the things that, like, a lot of people are talking about in this season is racism as a entertainment i guess in general and mm-hmm. it one of the guys lee and then this black one of the black guys kenny they like start having these arguments like they start out like being friends and then i don't even remember what the catalyst is but like oh I, like kenny gets into an argument with another guy and then lee is like wow i've never seen that side of you so aggressive i was so afraid when you started yelling at him and then he goes and tells rachel like oh kenny is really aggressive <laughs> and like it all like turns into that sort of thing and at one point like one of the other black guys pulls lee aside and he's like you can't just like call black men aggressive like there's a whole history about black or about mm-hmm. white people calling out black guys as aggressive and he's like oh your guys are playing the race card like i hate when that happens yes. and like when all of that is coming on on tv like it's already been all over twitter that like lee has tweeted racist things and so it's like clearly no one is standing for him but the way that the show sort of set it up they were like, oh, we're going to do a two-part episode, like the showdown between Lee and Kenny. And like they do a double date with Lee, Kenny, and Rachel. And it's like all these things. It's like racism is violence. Right. So it's not like it's like we're over it. And you can tell that like the producers or whoever is behind the show like have a say in who she picks, at least when there's like more dudes there, just because like it's drama, it's entertainment. Because, like, you were saying you only saw the first episode, but, like, the annoying tickling guy, the annoying guy who yells wah-boom. It's, like, clearly Rachel isn't going to marry these guys. But they're, like, okay, like, this is good for television. And so there's, like, the episode right before the big showdown. It's, like, down to Lee the racist and some other guy. And you know that, like, there's no future between Rachel and a racist, but she picks him. And it's, like, you definitely didn't do that of like your own volish and i remember i was just talking to you about like the editing that they were doing because they would have lee like sitting with the white guys and being like oh i love you guys like this conversation's so calm cool and collected like this is great (laughs) it's like all this like coded stuff and so it's so annoying to just see him continue to egg on the other characters he kept on being he's like the kind of person who's like i just love to see them get mad like that means i won and it's like (sighs) that's annoying to watch as a black person like one of the essays was like it's a lot for (laughs) rachel the first black bachelorette like she's like kind of like like one of the guys says i want to go back black and never go back yes i did see that i love that She's like, that was so funny. And so it's like, I clearly stand for her and I love her, but it's like, are you down with the Black Lives Matter movement? (laughs) Or are you like an annoying? It's like clearly a white saying, I want to go black and never go back is not ever cute. But like clearly she's not going to call him out on that on TV, I guess. But um, I don't know why I brought that up or where I was going with this. Oh, (laughs) Because I at some points like she'll say something about like race. She'll be like, Oh, did you ever date a black girl? 
Or, like, one of the guys in the latest episode, he was like, I usually date white girls. He's like, I was from a predominantly white town. I went to a predominantly white college, so I usually date white girls. And she's like, I'm also from a predominantly white town and predominantly white school, and I didn't date, didn't do that. And she eliminated him. I was yes. like, I'm Who was obsessed. it? <laughs> um, I think his name is Will. This is on, like, the last episode that came out um she eliminated like all the black people i was like okay Rachel. wait so there's only whites left there's one black guy no oh my god because this brings me to quite strange um (laughs) another like because i put some articles in the reading list but like there was one some linda holmes from npr when the like news first broke that like Rachel was going to be the first black bachelorette she was like okay yeah like it's interesting to see Rachel chosen as the bachelorette but like watch for her suitors and like that's where you're going to see what the franchise is actually trying to do with like having her as the first black bachelorette because if the winner is a white guy like sure they can give and you said there's like six dudes left so like one of these guys Mm -hmm. may be the next bachelor but like they may just pick another white guy and then, like, she could be one and done. Right. I hate yeah. that. That's So they pick a, a loser for the next one? Um, I'm not sure if that's... I know that's generally the case for The Bachelorette. Um, I'm not yeah, sure if that's... Yeah, I know she's a loser. Yeah. I'm not sure if that's how it works for The Bachelor, too. But, like, I think it's plausible that that's, that could happen. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I feel like she's gonna pick a white at this point because there's five left on the one black guy who is there. She's like 31, I think. Yeah. So anyone who's not 30, I'm like... Yeah, there was like 25-year-olds in the mix. Would... I'm like, why are you 31? <laughs> on the very first step, I was like, hella looking at all the ages because I was like, she's a mature woman. And it's right. like... and 25-year-olds are not, especially 25-year-old men. Yeah, full no. Absolutely not. Yeah, yikes. Yeah, so I feel like ugh, I hope that Brian doesn't win because he's so ugly, and I feel like whenever he kisses her, it looks no. And like those noises that they made, like they probably inserted like kissing noises, like but like I was literally about to puke. Like I was, I was just yeah. like those noises are too much. Like I'm like, is this as gross as it looks, or like are they just ugh? But I do like the gap tooth bitch. Which so one I'm is like that? Peter. Peter. It's like they both have a gap tooth. That's so cute. <laughs> that is cute. Um, Wait, what's the line from Mean Girls about the gap tooth? Uh, it's like, I'm sorry I called you a gap tooth bitch. Oh, yeah. It's not. <laughs> is that it? It's like I'm something along Google. those lines. It's like, I don't want to embarrass myself. <laughs> I quote Mean Girls every day, so I should know. Yeah, I'm sorry I called you a gap tooth bitch. It's not my fault you're so gap tooth. It's like that. It's so cute, the little gap tooth. But I love that you've seen the first episode because, like, I have never seen this show, so I didn't really know what it was like. But I was so amused on the first episode. Like, these dudes had never met her, didn't know anything about her unless, I guess, they watched her her season. And they were like, she's perfect. She's the kind of girl you bring home to mom. She's a wife. I love her. She's so funny. She's so great. She's so cute. And it's like, you literally don't know anything about her. Yeah. But I was also like, I'm obsessed and want this for myself. (laughs) Yeah. She's, I don't know. I'm like, they could have given her better options because I hated all the men. Hopefully. They should have given, had an age minimum, first of all. Yeah. 30. (laughs) I mean. It's like, I don't know why you had literal children running around. 
It's just not like, realistic. A, the 25-year-old is still, like, one of the last five. And it's like, first of all, you're a kid, I feel like, because obviously men aren't mature, just in general. <laughs> but <laughs> that is a literal, like, six-year age Yeah, like, 25, so. especially when it's, like, yeah, no. Because I feel like 25 is mid-20s. Like It's like, how much money do you make? Right, exactly. Like, what do you bring to the tape? Exactly. It's just a full no. And, like, I'm also wondering, because she's, like, during the pilot, she's, like, yeah, or not pilot, but first ep, she's, like, yeah, like, I know that, like, everyone has different intentions for coming on the show because the show is, like, it's so old now that, like, you know no one's coming in there and just being, like, I'm looking for true love because that's that's just, like, not realistic. (laughs) But, like, she's still, I feel like, or at least the way that they're, like, producing her and directing her to be to still be looking for that true love. And I'm just like... Well, she's spoiled that she's engaged. So it's like... What do you mean? What the fuck? Like, literally on the first episode, she, like, did, a, like, a promo thing. And she was like, yeah, I'm engaged. Oh, okay. So she life. gets engaged to... <laughs> so it's like, you know. Yikes. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, most of these marriages don't end up working out, obviously. I don't know. I'm just like, uh. But I did also want to talk about um, the... Atlantic is it the Atlantic article I just wanted to know what you thought about like the showrunners like positing themselves as like wow we're making history you guys like like look at us we're making this happen when Bachelor has been on for 20 years Bachelorette 13 seasons like making history like it's overdue seriously like, I was saying, I don't know if it was on the pod or just to you, me looking up, like, the past Bachelorettes, just to see, like, what the ratios are of who actually stays together. And it's, like, every single season. I don't know if they had, like, some black people or people of color in the general cast, but it's, like, every single season a black, I mean, a black, a white person falls in love, a white woman falls in love with a white man. And it's, like, that just is so repetitive. It's like these people even look right. all the same. It's like how is this such a phenomenon? And then I feel like in the same way as when we're talking about Mizzou in the beginning, it's like they're not doing the actual work. It's like, yeah, you have a black face. I feel like, to be honest, like I like Rachel. She's so cute. She's going to choose a white person. And there hasn't really been that much like legitimate focus on race except for when they're trying to like Mm -hmm. sensationalize the racial relations between a blatant racist and like the black dudes like when he starts bringing up this thing about the race card it's like haven't heard that in a really long time especially in like a serious context it's almost always an idiot saying race card right it's like i think he was like <clears throat> from the south oh my god where's my voice because <clears throat> he kept on being like yes ma'am I, and she's like do you want this I rose hate- like, no I- <laughs> not ma'am yeah he's like literally that kind of like racist and i remember like the other dudes would say things like he's like not usually around like black people and it's like it's 2017 so let's not act obtuse about American history, about race relations, like to come in here and be like, 
oh, this black man is so aggressive. He's scary. Right. I saw him yelling. It to- he was like, it totally changed my opinion of you. I was afraid of you. And oh the guy, Kenny, God. is like a professional wrestler. Like, he is scary. He could beat you up. But it's like the way that they were egging him on. And then even like putting them on a double date. Right. And just like they were really trying to make it bad and then even in the um commercials that they were showing they were like you won't believe what happens when kenny and lee show down and they like in the trailer they had like an image of kenny like bleeding (gasps) and so the whole time you're like what the fuck lee is gonna like hit kenny the professional wrestler and like make him bleed like and so the whole time I'm like waiting for that it like shows this one image of Kenny like walking down a mountain yelling at Lee and just like all this hyping it up and then when it actually episode comes on like he gets cut in the face and like a totally different thing like both dudes are eliminated on that episode by the end anyway it's like they're just like doing all this stuff to like just get tension, get viewers. Yeah. Even they even split it up into a two episode mm-hmm. thing. And it's like this is racism. Like it's not entertaining unless it's like a white person, a white racist getting punched in the face. Right. And, and I don't know, like I did like the editing when they were showing Lee with the white people though, cuz I thought that was like revelatory. Yeah. It was, like, a subtle thing of him, like, just his uh, comfort of being around, like, white people versus the black dudes. And also, I did like that moment when the black guy's like, you can't just go around throwing aggressive. I was like, you're actually doing a good thing to have that moment in there. Mm-hmm. But it's still a damn mess yeah yeah i would never watch a season with a white bachelorette or bachelor that's just definitely not it just is not interesting um because even like i don't i'm just like i don't know like i like hated all the personalities of the dudes and i'm like i would hate if like they were like they're fighting for like a white's attention on top of all of this (laughs) you know like i'm like what would keep me interested especially because like this is probably the most like men of color that have been on like a bachelorette season it's definitely so everyone else is gonna be fucking lee lee one lee two lee three because i literally couldn't tell the difference between them like i google lee to see what he looks like and i still couldn't tell you (laughs) like i i don't know i'm just like yeah i don't know we'll see what happens yeah, even though these moms in the comments already spoiled moms. it for me. <laughs> these moms knew all the tea. Comments were like, Brian wins. And then one of them is like, she didn't choose him because he's going through a court case right now. And oh. just like all this stuff. I can't oh go on the page God. now because I don't want spoilers. But I was like, first of all, I hope you're lying. Like, I hope she chooses the gap tooth bitch if she doesn't choose the one black guy standing, even though he's only 27. But also. Wait, which guy is it? know all this tea um eric is his name eric i don't think i remember him either yeah i don't know why you okay that's a wrap yep this is episode 46 as always go to sadgirlsclubpodcast.com to okay wait quick thing love colonization on (laughs) what on our notes colonization looks so freaking good did you write that 
talking about? When it's like, oh, wait, this is last week. I don't know. Just call oh, yeah. It's so like hard to know like how to write some abbreviations. That's how I feel. My number one, I always have difficulties with use. Right. Yeah. I have no idea how to abbreviate. Yeah. I do U-S-G-E. Like use. But like, I, I feel like to lay people, to the commoners, like they right. wouldn't know. To locals. How to read. The locals. Like they wouldn't know. Yeah. <laughs> So that sucks. It's like, why don't you assimilate to my culture? Seriously. But here we are. We're living in 3017. They're only in 2017. <laughs> um, follow us on social yes, media. Twitter at Sad Girls Podcast. Yeah, follow me on Insta so I cannot be a Yeah, local. seriously. Follow us on Insta. Like, I'm thinking about starting a Finsta. Should I? I just still don't know what that is. It's just a fake Insta, like your secondary Insta. It's like, I guess if you post more, then yeah. Yeah, no, I think because I want to just post like cute pics, but like I don't want some people that already follow me on Insta to see them. Like I don't want my family to see it. Like I don't want like, because I want to be like a little bit more of a thoughtier character. Yeah, that's, I could never be a thoughty on my Insta. Same. So that's why I want to start a Finsta. It's like I'm in too deep. <laughs> yeah. Because there's... My whole family follows yeah, me. I'm just... And like, obviously, some of my Instas like have... No, actually, I could delete all of these and be fine. <laughs> some of them are cute, but others I'm like, no, this is a full no. Like, maybe I'll keep our iconic pick with Gordy. Like, that one's cute. I'm scrolling and I'm like, this one's cute. But, like, other than that, I don't really see that many ones that I can keep. Anyway, follow us on Insta yes. and, and tell us for yourselves. <laughs> yes. And follow us on Twitter. Yeah. Our website is sadgirlspodcast.com. And, yeah. Tell your friends about this. Also, like, please oh, review there. on iTunes. Like, Oh, yeah. We always forget. But rate, review, subscribe. Seriously. Five stars only. If you don't think that we're worth five stars, send us an email or a tweet yeah. and we can talk about it. Do not rate us in the iTunes podcast app. Right. With less than five stars. That's just that's none of our business. And that's <laughs> to be honest. Exactly. We don't need to know about that. But yes, thank you for listening. Love you. Bye. Bye.